Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. And like like many people growing up, um, one of the things that we did not figure out, that we did not really learn how to do, um, was date and or talk to women. Um, that was uh-huh. something that was very much a, a work in progress. Um, and so, Vic, today we're talking about dating, but I thought it would actually be a really cool way to start off. Actually, cool may not be the right word for this. Um, it might be a it might be a funny way to start off the episode. Man, tell me your funniest dating story. Take it back to the, you know, mid two thousands, the pr- prime time of your dating life. Yeah, mid two thousands. How old was I? Seven in the mid two thousands. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but if we go to two thousand eighteen, <laughs> that's a more accurate timeline. It's um, fair. This story is actually before. Felicity and I started dating. This is before. So we were working at Starbucks together. And you know, I was I was like, man, I think I'm gonna ask this girl out. All that so so a Friday comes around and I ask her out and she says, Yes, you know, I'm over the moon. It's great. But before mm. our date that we had scheduled for next Friday, she invited me to go play trivia with her parents. Nice. On Thursday. Fantastic. So I was like, what are you going to say? You say no to that? No, you have to go. It's a rule. And so I got to meet her parents, her older brother, her two older brothers, Mm -hmm. her dad and her mom, um, the day before our first date. And it was at this restaurant. And y'all could probably tell from this podcast that I'm not the most socially inclined person no i don't love going outside i love looking at the funko pops in every, my room okay every socially functioning person <laughs> creates stormtrooper helmets in their free time yes 100 you know? <laughs> that's all they do and so i was i remember sitting i remember sitting it was a six person table and i was sitting on one of the ends and my eyes were glued on espn for like and i think it was a baseball or golf they were talking about like golf and I was glued. I was all in on that golf tournament yeah. while the rest of her family played trivia with questions. I had no clue what the answer was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just I remember that day so distinctly as one of the worst days of my life. Um, it was great. I had a blast. But being invited into a social environment where I have to like meet new people, but not only meet new people, meet the parents of the yeah. person who I'm going on a first date with. On Friday, it's just—it's not a—it's not a situation that says, "Come, come on, be my friend. Come, come, get to know us." It's more of like, man, there's a lot of pressure on me, and I'm just gonna watch golf for the whole time. But I guess it went well because we're married, you know, four and a half years later. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Was that yours and Felicity's first date? I don't know. Or it had to have been, right? Because we had scheduled. Stop. Stop. Our first pause. Date. Pause. I said, tell me your worst first date story. And you tell me the story of the first date of your wife? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It was awful. I'm telling Felicity. <laughs> she already knows. I'm I t- talk to her about it at least once a month. How dare you? <laughs> that's that's wild. Invite man. me. Um, but it worked out. Yeah. Married now. You're married. And, Happily married. And, Look at that. 
you know, you're, you're in Alyssa's first date was on Instagram DMs. So no. 600, 700 it miles was, away. It was at a, uh, a comedy show with my sister and like three of her friends. And uh, oh. I, sat, I sat next to Liz. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, like when people laugh and they like punch you. Like, they're like oh, that's funny. And they kind of like. Did you punch you? her? No, man. She punched me like several times. <laughs> that's what that bruise was. <laughs> Bro, yeah. No, my. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's pretty, but she's punching me. But I'm like, I <laughs> that was that was the extent that was the extent of our first date. That's amazing. Um, but we had a great time, man. It was it was a great. That's thing. good. I, that was a great first date. Um, all of my bad dates um, are from like, oh gosh, probably middle school, high school, Reagan. Well, I was gonna say middle school, high school, but then college too. I was like, if, before yeah. list, there wasn't there wasn't many like. Man, so just, just that was the rest smooth. of your life. Yeah. No, it was like all of them were like struggling to like talk to girls. That 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 was that was the big thing uh-huh. in, in middle school, high school. Um I remember this vividly. Like I got my first uh cell phone, which is in like seventh or eighth grade, something like that. But this was like two thousand eleven or ten or whatever it was. It was, it was one of those ones you got like flip it up and you could type. And so uh-huh. te- texting oh, was the, the biggest cool thing. Those were the cool ones. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like texting, talking with this girl who was like three lockers down from me. Um, and I was like, I wouldn't talk to her in person. Like I was, I was, I was, I was too scared to talk of to her in not. person. Um, and so I was just texting a girl all the time. And then she, she was like, more or less, she was like, Hey, it's kind of like boring to text you. Do you want to talk at school? I was like, heck yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, and so I, I like hyped myself up the entire uh-huh. day and like we go we went to a secondary school it was like 7 through 12 and so it's this really long hallway and I'm like I'm gonna say hi I'm gonna say hi I'm gonna say hi I'm gonna say hi and like I walk up to her and this is puberty so like my voice is changing a little bit sure and, yeah, yeah. but I was still 6 foot 6 in like 8th grade so <laughs> this but with like hi like that that came out and so I was walking by her and I just like saw her and immediately looked down and continued to walk the opposite direction and just walked away from her. And then I got a text like three hours later. She was like, hey, I don't think we should text anymore, talk anymore, speak anymore. So she was a pretty level-headed, normal. She, she was normal. Uh, that, that, that was a yeah. very rational response to that decision. Um, yeah. That also happened in college. So there's oh. like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the Lord was like, he hasn't learned his lesson yet. It was he? like, it was like eighth grade and like sophomore year of college. Um, <laughs> so yeah, man, no, it, uh, it worked out with lists, not by any means of my dating expertise. Um, but speaking of expertise, what the world needed was another... <laughs> Christian just dating podcast. Wouldn't stop asking. Wouldn't stop asking, man. Your prayers have been answered. Um, uh-huh. That is what you're talking. Was flooded. <laughs> flooded. <laughs> but please it, it, give me some advice. It is kind of real though, because this is something that it's like. It is not the most important thing in the world. It isn't. Um, but it is the thing that is on the mind of like ninety nine percent of us. Um, yeah. Of like, especially like. A, not everybody has the desire, honestly, first of all. Um, but for those of us who have the desire, what does this person think of me? Are we talking? Are we not talking? How do we date? What is the purpose of dating? What are we doing? And also it makes it difficult because there's not like a book of first dating in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. and so the Bible talks about the gift of marriage. It talks about relationships. Like it definitely gives these things, but it's 
It's not talking about like, okay, on a first date, do this. On a second date, do this. So it makes these conversations like really subjective and kind of opinion based. Um, And so we're going to try to um, hold our opinions loosely when it comes to dating, knowing that like our opinions may not be your opinions and your opinions may not be our opinions. And that's completely okay. Um, Yeah. And so Vic, I'll even just like throw throw this out to you, man. Um, I know in a lot of the conversations that I've had with my friends, I know and like remember like times in my life, um, single people that have the desire to be dating somebody or the desire to be married that are not, there's just a deep sense of discontentment, loneliness, frustration. Uh Um, What do you have to say to somebody who's experiencing yeah, that just date Jesus. <laughs> Take a year and date Jesus. I'm sorry, I had I had to toss one of those in because that is one of that's one of the things yeah. that a lot of these podcasts that that oversaturate the Christian dating market will say. And that's not to take away from the importance of finding your satisfaction and your contentment in the person of Jesus, but that language um, isn't isn't fully helpful, isn't really yeah. helpful. Um, I think the one thing that we ought to recognize is that whether or not you have the desire, right, to date or to get married, um, it's a good desire, right? We look at Genesis, we see creation, we see that it's not good for man to be alone. Um, in the design for things, the design was meant for humanity to live in community and for yeah. man and woman to be together. And so we look at this and the desire spawns from or begins from the fact that we are made in the image of God. And so since we are made in God's image, since we are the pinnacle of his creation, we get to experience these good desires. Now, what happens is those desires can oftentimes get twisted or they can replace the ultimate desire that we ought to have for Jesus. And I know high school, Victor, this was a huge kind of point of idolatry for him. I look back at my time in high school and and literally if, if you compared the amount of time that I was spending with Jesus and spending in his word and the amount of time that I was thinking about, you know, who, who should I ask out or, or why do I want to go on a date with this person? Like you would see a really sinful victor. Um, and, and I think looking back and seeing the way that I viewed um, dating and relationships, it clearly took a higher place in my life than it did Jesus. Yeah. And coming out of that, when I experienced rejection for the first time, right? When, when I experienced that first, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Because I held dating or that person in such a high place and because Jesus was not above them, man, their opinion of me shattered. Yeah, man. So, Literally, like I, I had about a year and a half stint in high school where I battled serious mental health problems um, because I held what others thought of me or I held the rejection that people gave me as having more weight yeah. than the acceptance that I have in Jesus. And so looking back at my high school kind of like years the one thing that I wish I could go back and and just change about high school Victor is man I wish I would have desired Jesus so much more than anything else so that when these other desires these good desires came into being man I viewed them as that 
they're good desires yeah. that are worth pursuing but man if it doesn't work out or if i get rejected by another human man i know that ultimately my acceptance is in jesus and so my foundation isn't cracked and so i think that's what i would say to that person yeah. who's desiring it um man if you are a single person right now who desires to be dating or to be engaged or to be married man weigh that desire yeah. is that desire comparable to your desire for Jesus? If so, that's a problem. Is that desire more so than your desire for Jesus? Then you have a really big problem or is your desire for Jesus so much greater than anything else that man, when you have these other desires, you can view them in light of your acceptance from Jesus. And that was something that in high school, I surely did not figure out. And it took a lot of rejection and it took a lot of pain in order for that balancing act to come back into proportion and for Jesus to really be like the rightful person and thing that takes up all of my desire. Um, But that was a hard and long process. You you kept on repeating that it's been a long time. <laughs> that it was a long, a long process. You said that about seven times, man. I wish I could just was, go back and give I, my high school Victor a hug. Dude, like when I tell you that was probably my single most like idol in high school yeah. that like led to serious mental health problems for me. Um, like self-image. I mean, a lots of things spawn out of that. But it is it is insane to see how Satan can take what is originally, man, a really good desire. And he can use it to cripple almost everything about you if yeah. your ultimate desire isn't Jesus. Well, and I think you even said it's it's hard to get to that ultimate desire of Jesus. Um, at least in my experience, where I'm like, I I had to see that that relationship didn't fulfill me; that only Jesus could. Or I had to see, oh, that Jesus accepts me and loves me and calls me a son when that person rejects me. Like I had to like mm-hmm. that that desire for Jesus came on the back end of tasting and seeing that the world actually wasn't that good. Um, and so like, it's not that like the desire for a relationship is bad. Like the Bible commends it. It's great. God created it. It's awesome. But like it can't, whether it's relationships or success or ministry or friends or family or whoever it is, like they can't fill that like deep longing in your heart. And I think that's why there's a lot of like messed up relationships or like messed up dating relationships is because we're trying to fit a person in a place that God can only really fill for us. Um, and so, and sometimes what's hard is I'm like, I, I definitely experienced, I was single for a very long time. Um, and I think what's hard sometimes, especially in the Christian community, we want to be encouraging. And sometimes we say things that are true, but are not oftentimes helpful. Um, so it's like, I was told oftentimes where I was like, Hey, it's okay. I, I know you got rejected by this. I know you want this and don't have this, but remember Paul says that singleness is a gift. Yeah. And, and I'm like, it is, it's true. And maybe we need to do a singleness podcast and dive into that. But I'm like 99% of the time, it's like, that's not a gift that I asked for. I, that's, that's, that's not a gift that I want. Yep. Um, and it is a gift. And like, if God has given you that great run with that, but like, if that's not a gift that you desire, then what do you do? And I think I had to learn over time that singleness wasn't the gift. Engagement's not the gift. Right now I'm having to remember that marriage is not the gift. Like Jesus is the gift. And whether I am single, dating, engaged, married, whatever it is, that that relationship is a vehicle 
of sanctification for the Lord. Where like I learned things about myself and Jesus in my years of singleness that I would have never been able to learn um, in a relationship. And I'm learning things about my insufficiencies. Right, I've been engaged for like four months, and I have learned more about my insufficiencies and my ability to like be there and be consistent and be loved. Like you, you learn things in a relationship that I didn't learn in in singleness, but that doesn't elevate one over the other because the gift is Jesus. It's knowing him and experiencing him. Um, and I think that's, that's something that I only had to learn by going through the different phases. Um, but it's also like, Oh, go ahead, bud. Well, I was just going to say like, there's this, there's this spectrum that I think we view Christian maturity on. And you have like the single Christian who's the least mature. No, this then is you have real. the That's dating real. Christian who's like a little more mature, is growing in their maturity. And then you have the, you know, the engaged Christian, and they're like about to peak. They're about to hit that maturity. And then you have the married Christian. Yeah. And it's like, man, once you are married, you get to experience the fullness of who God is. You actually get to experience what his love is like towards the church. And there's a lot of this language that is used that that is unhelpful because it makes it seem like the goal is marriage because you get to experience more of God in marriage. Yeah. And that's whether or not that's the intent in the church, that's the language that is used. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it makes it, it really like ostracizes single people and it, it, it really says like, hey, you really can't know God until you get married. Yeah. And it creates this really unhealthy idolatry in the church. And it's like what you just said, no. Like the ultimate gift isn't, you know, it's not a partner in marriage. It's not anything you can achieve in this world. Like the ultimate gift is Jesus and Jesus alone. And he's given all that we need to be able to experience him. Yeah. And we don't need a partner in marriage to be able to experience that in its entirety and paul even talked about this in the bible it's like hey i gotta stay single I, like, i'm just gonna stay single because i'm going to man utilize the season him. of my life for, it for him right yeah are you gonna tell me paul didn't experience the fullness of gotten absolutely not jesus that's man. ridiculous yes jesus was single did, did jesus not experience the fullness of relationship with his father yep like it, it's it, the, the, there is a 100 percent lie with that i would i would agree but i think there's even I can hear the person because I probably was this person says, yes, I agree with that 100%. But why do I still have this desire then? Mm-hmm. And like, what, like, why did God even give Why didn't he give me a desire for singleness? Like if he gave me a desire for a relationship and it's been a long time, I don't really see the, Like, what am I supposed to do with this in the meantime? And I think this has been, um, a lot of the times when we talk about being content, and singleness or content in whatever season you're in, we're like, okay, well, let's just pray against it. Like God, like make me content, take these feelings away. And I'm like, I don't, do you realize what you're doing? It's like, you're asking God to pray and take away a good desire that he's given you. Yeah. I was like, I don't think you want that prayer answered. Um, because that, that's, that, that's not necessarily a good thing. The answer isn't to get rid of the desire. The answer is actually submitting that desire to Jesus. And walking in obedience, regardless of what the answer is. Like, this is like, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane was like foundational for me. Um, and a time in my life where like, I really wanted to be in a relationship, but just didn't see, see that possibility where Jesus comes in and he's like, man, um, 
take this cup from me. He brings his desire. Um, but then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he submits his desire. And the father tells him, no, like the father doesn't give him that desire. And he sends Jesus to the cross. And so I think contentment, a reframing of it, is less of a taking away of that desire. And, and instead, it's a submitting of that desire and walking forward in obedience and lordship to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Contentment is never taking away a gift from God. Yeah. And those desires are gifts. Contentment is always adding Jesus to situations where Jesus isn't present enough. And oh, so, yeah. I mean, you look at like job circumstances. If you have not surrendered your job and your lifestyle and your work to Jesus, man, you may find yourself growing in discontentment. If you haven't surrendered your dating life and your desire for a partner to Jesus, then you will grow in discontentment. The desires are good, but contentment is never the removal of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the addition of Jesus. Now, that does not, I mean, I feel like you have to give these caveats. That's never to say in a situation that is harmful or abusive or anything yeah, like that, that you yeah, ought yeah. to just seek contentment. Yeah. Um, but in in your average kind of like discontent situations, it's usually just, you, you haven't fully surrendered that thing to Jesus. And that's how that discontentment kind of spawns. Um, yeah. Application coming out of this here in this, I think the easy next step is to just take a year and date Jesus. If you can just take 12 months, you know, it's not that big. <laughs> Sorry. I had to bring it up one more time. I, just gotta date I, Jesus. I, I was about to say, we're going to cut that. <laughs> we're we're going to um, cut that. Reagan, what's the, what's the thing? I mean, you, you even kind of hit on it. There are people listening to this. There are people saying, man, that sounds really good. I think I know that's true. But in my heart, I'm just, I just don't, I just don't feel it. It just, it, it's not resonating here today, man. What, what is there, um, yeah, like to say to that person? Because um, I know I was that person, and a lot of times, and even other areas of my life, I am that person. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I even look back to my own experience with this. I was like, I don't think I did anything. Like, I don't think I walked in contentment perfectly. I don't think I prayed probably like I should, like it, it, it wasn't necessarily something that I was like, well, there, here's the three-step formula. And I kind of walked through it. I was like, no, like the Lord, the Lord kept me, the Lord was with me and the Lord was a lot more faithful to me than I was to him. Um, and it's not that like Alyssa is the evidence of his faithfulness. It's one of the ways that he's faithful, but whether the relationship comes or the, the relationship never comes, it's like the Lord will continue to be, keep you. He will continue to be good to you and he will continue to be faithful to you. And I think a lot of the times, like, especially those of us who like desire a relationship and don't have a relationship, um, it's like, all right, what are the three things that I got to do to either prepare myself to becoming somebody that is ready for a relationship, that like is ready for that blessing from God? Um, and, and it's like, the, the reality is like, I, he will continue to keep you and he will continue to be faithful and he will continue to hold you. And he will continue to be good to you, um, yeah. regardless of your relationship status. Um, that that is the most unsatisfactory answer, for a reason, because it forces us to be dependent on something and someone that's not us. 
it's like you hear that and you're like that frustrates me yeah it's like yeah it does because it means you can't lean on yourself like you can't rely on yourself for this thing it simply comes from a place of dependence on jesus not in order to achieve a relationship but in order to man grow in your desire and love for the ultimate gift that is Jesus. And it's like, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I'm tired of hearing that. That's frustrating. I want to affirm the, yeah, yeah, it is. It's very frustrating, but it's because it's, it's hitting at something that we naturally, because we are fallen sinful people say, Hey, I can do this. And what God is saying is saying, Hey, actually I'm the one that achieves all these good works. And I just need you to rest and sit and be with me. I'll carry you. I well, got you. The The crazy thing is, is like, I think I had a, one of our friends uh, told me this a couple years ago, but I think a lot of the times we limit God's goodness or faithfulness in our lives to one specific thing. Um, that it was like, if the Lord gives me a relationship, he's faithful. If the Lord doesn't, that he's not. And yeah. I had a friend, like, cause like that, that's, that's the framework that I was operating in. I was like, bro, I don't know where God is at. And I had a friend sit me down um, and he was like, bro, like, you remember when like Adam and Eve looked at that tree and he was like, they wanted that tree and God said no. But like, if they looked around, he was like, they got, they have the whole garden, all of it, the whole garden, like not even to mention God himself, like take God yep. himself out of it for a second. You got all these trees and all these things that the Lord like has done and will continue to do. And so his thing was like not not to diminish the desire, but to widen the scope of like look at what the That's Lord good. has done, will do and will continue to do in your life. Like he does not withhold good things from you and that doesn't mean he'll give you every good thing because every good thing from heaven doesn't have your name on it. Like that that's that's just the reality of it. But he does not withhold goodness from you and he does not expect you to hit a certain standard of working on yourself until he pours out goodness on you like the lord is good to you long before you're good back to him he's faithful to you long before you're faithful to him um yeah and i think that again it didn't solve anything <laughs> yeah um but i think during my time especially as a single adult I, I got to see more of who the Lord was and trust him through more frustration than like enlightenment. Um, and now even through engagement and heading into marriage, it's like those systems and those relationships, I will learn things about the Lord that will cause me to know him and enjoy him more. Um, yeah. Cause they're just, they're vehicles of sanctification. Yeah. As one of my favorite pastors says, eyes on Jesus, EOJ. It's like if you can, if you, if, if Adam and Eve would have had their eyes on Jesus, man, they would have saw that they had access to not only the whole garden, but to the God of the universe himself. But because they, because they looked away, because they took their eyes off of him, similar to how Peter does as he's walking on the water, man, they saw that tree, saw that it was good for fruit and chose to eat and... Well, yeah, and we 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 dived a lot more into like contentment and singleness than I thought we were going to on this. Um, here's here's the, the the hard thing, especially when Christians talk about dating, is we swing to one extreme or the other, and there's no nuance or middle ground of this. So it's really easy to listen to an episode like this and just be like, well, you know what? 
it's just me and Jesus forever and to like swing all the way to the thing. I'm like, no, like that's not it either yeah. because like dating is yep. good and it doesn't have to be that serious. Just go on a date. Like it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, and so I do think there is like nuance in the conversation of how, man, it, it's a good thing. It's a thing that God wants to bless you with, but um, the gift that he wants to give you is himself. Yeah. Anything taken out of proportion or taken out of the way that God had intended always becomes a bad thing. Yeah. And so like you and Jesus is as like, it, it's similar to the ministry call. It's like, should, or it's similar to like, what is God's calling on my life? Well, just love Jesus and do whatever you want. Because as you love Jesus, you will walk in obedience. It's very similar. Like yeah. if you love Jesus above all else, man, just, just walk with him and, and God will work it out because you're being obedient to him. Yeah. Um, so if, if, you guys, if you guys want a uh, very practical episode on dating advice, we can get Victor to do like a nice little eight, eight minute synopsis. You'll, you'll have to subscribe to our Patreon and join me for my first workouts with Victor um, to catch that episode. Um, just, just so you guys know that tier will be a thousand dollars a month. So <laughs> uh, we will put it so out of reach. That's that's a that's a premium content. That that, that is the premium. That's if, that top notch. If y'all want the step by step on how Vic got married, um, <laughs> man, that's awesome. But y'all, hey, yeah, if you do want that practical episode, feel free email us sanctifiedish at gmail We'd love to hear from you guys. You can also catch us on social media at Reagan Jones ninety seven and at Rots of one five seven. And guys, we will catch you all in the next one thank you so much for all the support we appreciate each and every one of you and until next time y'all take care and god bless y'all didn't have one cringe date um i mean bro we were facetime like how that's just cringe in and of itself we we just talked on facetime for hours yeah that's long distance long distance probably feels like an eternity ago thank god (laughs) Money, baby. <laughs> <laughs>